Hey there, my name is Jani and I'm the host of What's On Your Mind. I interview guests about their weekly musings and Wikipedia rabbit holes, like toxic beauty standards, or the impact of redlining, or bees. Whatever it is, we'll process it together. We'll all learn a little something and take another step in creating our own stories, all while adding another laugh line to your face. Priya Namard once applied to be an astronaut. That's one of the things that we talk about, along with so many other topics. We go from whales to protests to talking about The Bachelor to Black Lives Matter. Hey, Priya Namard, what's on your mind? Hi, Jenny Rod. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. So I was telling you off mic, I went to the beach today. Girl, I saw dolphins today. There are dolphins in New York? Yes, there Is are dolphins. Is that a stupid question? <laughs> I know, I know. You think like, what? Dirty New York City? You're not going to see dolphins and whales, but there's a serious dolphin and whale population over here. Whales? Yes, we have whales. And I know this because my son is into marine biology. He's starting college and he, he's worked with the, he's worked with the, yeah, (laughs) his mentor is a marine biologist. They worked on the whale watch boat that they've done like dolphin research and um, so there's a super pod off of Long Island in New York City. And I haven't seen it yet until today. We saw them. We, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh! I was like, there's fins. There's a fin in the water. And I got so excited. <laughs> I went so all the way down to Mexico to look at dolphins. And there are the dolphins in New York City. I had. Yes. And there are whale watch oh. boats you could take to see that. And there's seals. We have seals over here too. Oh, but wow. I think there are, I don't, they're not right off of the burrows. I think the boat has to take you further out um, so you can see them. But yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of great I'm like wildlife. kind of embarrassed that I've gone my whole life and did not know that that wildlife was in New York City. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's only until recently because, you know, I grew up in New York and then I lived in Miami for like 10 years. I came back and when I, when I came back, I was like, oh, I didn't know this existed before. <laughs> But I think it's because they're cleaning up the beaches. They're more animate about environmental protections, all that mm. good stuff. And um, I think even migration patterns have shifted also because oh, yeah. of warming waters. Warming waters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that's why we're getting more influx of, you know, different types of animals over yeah. here, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I also feel like it's, you know, when I watch... I sound like such a tourist, but like, you know, when I watch, you know, movies with like New York City in it, you know, they're not like, they're not like, yes, and look at the dolphins. They're like, look at the buildings and the people. I know, I know. And it's so sad that they don't highlight because there's so many nature preserves over here. There's one called Jamaica Bay uh, Wildlife Refuge. Me and my kids go to, we volunteered there a couple of times for their birds. Um, but we're, we, you know, we love doing all the nature stuff and there's so much of it in New York city around New York city, not in, well, Manhattan has central park and the cloisters, mm, but it's, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. You get some ra- random raccoons that look like dogs running, <laughs> running around, but, yeah. um, when you go to the outer boroughs, it's way better. And there's so much beautiful nature to see so wow. much. I feel like I, I've only been to New York um, one time in my life. And, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I did Central Park, uh, I did Central Park, you know what I mean? I visited Central Park, uh, <laughs> walked around for like 15, 20 minutes. And then, yeah, we were kind of like back in the, in the area with all the buildings. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. yep. Who knew? I'm very passionate about the environment. 
Um, and you're wearing a NASA t-shirt. T-shirt. So long story. I'll begin yeah. the long story. So years ago, I started a foundation with three other women in Miami called the Edge Charitable Foundation. And we, we started it to teach, teach preschoolers environmental awareness. Mm. Uh, we, were, we were certifying schools to be green schools. Um, we, were, we created a curriculum. We sent to all these different kids around Florida and in different countries. And um, I was like, I, I did not get my degree in education, but this was just like, one of those things I dived headfirst in. I've always loved science. Yeah. Always loved it. And I didn't end up majoring in science because, you know, you're Indian, right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe you can relate. Indian yeah. parents kind of like screw you up a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like you got to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You got to do some, one of those things. Um, yeah. Oh, I was, I, I was pre-med from the age of four. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I did pre-med for a hot second and that it was not working. Um, but I've always loved like space science, environmental education. Like I've, I, you know, I'm very passionate about protecting our resources and, you know, our endangered species and all that stuff. Um, so I, this was like perfect for me, you know, being part of this, this movement that we were creating to green schools. And I was creating curriculum. We work with closely with the Miami-Dade public school system. Wow. Um, yeah, we were in there. Uh, children who were uh, victimized by uh, human trafficking. So there are centers around Miami that house the children, um, but they can't be known by the public. But we would go in and we, it would be like a, a huge room full of different age kids that they were just picking up left and right. They were living in this space and we're teaching them science, mm. doing all these amazing science experiments with them. And we're doing this for so many years. So long story short, <laughs> I applied for NASA in 2011 um, under the auspices of being a teacher um, because we were so busy teaching science and we had made such a big impact um, in what we were doing for the children that we're working with. And um, so it's like, it's really, I love that you're wearing the shirt. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sad I'm not wearing it. Cause I was like, okay, I'm gonna dress up. And for your listeners listening that don't see the video yet, I'm wearing a flowery shirt. Oh, she looks I beautiful. I to dress up for January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here wearing my NASA shirt. So yeah, I, I have a hundred short years to live on this planet. So I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to make the biggest impact I can. So um, me applying for, for NASA was just a way of trying to expand um, my educational reach, reaching children and, and doing more, maybe doing some environmental research for them up in space. And for a long time, so obviously I didn't make it. Um, they asked for my references and then it, it fell off after that, oh, you know. Um, you got to my, the point where they asked for references? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Which is, cool. my references were great. They were like scientists and yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's so, there are thousands and thousands of people that apply to be in this program. So I didn't make it. Um, but so a few years ago, starting my, one of my podcasts, follow me Friday with Joan and Priya, one of our, um, at that time, one of our co-hosts, Katie, um, we had interviewed Astro Clay. It was Astro Clay, if you want to look him up on, mm. on Twitter. And he wrote children's books. So we interviewed him. And he applied for NASA 15 times, no, 14 times before he made, in for the, made it in for the 15th time. 14 times. And when he said that, Katie just turned around and looked at me. He, she's like, Priya, what are you doing? Yeah, your, dream, <laughs> your dream's not dead. <laughs> what are you doing, you know? 
Um, so fast forward a couple more years and, you know, I'm sort of feeling like now in COVID, like, you know, is this something I could still really do? You know what I mean? They're, the, the astronauts are picking our younger, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, fresh chickens out of the, like freshly hatched chickens, yeah. <laughs> you know, 23, 24. Um, so I don't know if I would be picked uh, and there's so many people. I, I'm, I'm like totally talking myself out of it right now. But. You got, to, you, you have to at least apply 14 times because you know that that's the minimum of one person you know. So true, true. And but so another part is that you have to be incredibly healthy. So at the time when I applied, I was doing marathons. I did the ING a couple times, Spartan race, all that good stuff. And um, I'm not doing any of that right now. Like I have my son training me. Yeah, I was gonna say, you have a personal trainer now. <laughs> he trains me like twice a week because my kid, <laughs> you know, needs it. I've gained like so much weight, you know. So that's another issue. Like you have to be incredibly healthy. Mm-hmm. And me at <clears throat> 25, you know, it's, I don't know if it's gonna work. Um, I think you, I think you set, set that dream and you, you, I think you should apply, like give yourself a year and then like this day, like a year from now, you should apply. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. I'm totally talking, but I did come to terms. Like if it doesn't happen, I could still do, I could still do stuff. I could still talk about environmental education. I could still talk about my love for space. I could still talk about all that fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, and I could share that with other people, like how you're doing right now with your podcast. You know, I do that for my podcast and what, you know, all the other stuff I'm doing. Yeah. So, I mean, there are other ways to inform, you know, I'm, yeah, maybe one day I'll have, have your, um, your media production company. And I feel like your promo video is like beautiful. It's like that ocean scene and everything. Like you definitely Aww. have found your, your voice to, you know, bring in your nature loving and space loving and universe loving so yeah I mean thank you thank you so yeah so that we've had the video production company since 2003 my husband and I wow. co-owned co-own the business uh yeah it's just just been an amazing ride producing creating content for people so you know you and I have talked about Black Lives Matter not to jump dive straight into it right away but I'm ready I knew it was gonna happen <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> I'm from space to Black Lives Matter. Um, so yeah, so uh, I recently, we decided if we need to start creating content, we need to start creating content with playwrights, getting some scripts, getting some yeah. ideas together and focusing on black and brown people and Asian people and getting uh, our messages out through story. Mm. And a pe- I know a lot of people are doing that right now, which is fantastic. But it's our uh, it's our personal decision right now to do that because of everything happening with Black Lives, you know. Ooh, well, and <laughs> you are also a Black and Brown person, so it's like empower your you got to empower your own voice too. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> my husband's Black, I'm Indian, um, and my kids are mixed. So we're living in this like weird dichotomy, as you know, as an Indian woman. Um, you know, and families are not always as welcoming with with if you marry a Black person. Um, and I have my own stories and it's taken a lot of time for them to like accept him and all that stuff. And he's a great guy. He's Jamaican. He's just very outgoing, you know, talks to everybody. It's so annoying. He talks to everybody, I love that. <laughs> but you know, 
there's this, it has its own story and its own life, you know, being Indian married to a black man. But since mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, you know, the resurged because of George Floyd, um, it's just really made me think really hard about what am I doing? Yeah. You know, how am I using my voice? How am I, how am I going to make this world a better place for my kids and for their friends um, and for other people, you know? Um, so one way we want to do that, other than supporting Black, Brown, and Asian companies is to create content. Um, so yes, if anybody's listening and they got a script, email me. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yes. yeah. And I, me coming from my plethora of strange acting and theater and kooky background, I'm sure that I, I have plenty of people who would be interested in taking you up on this. So I will, I'll pass this around. <laughs> what did, what did you do in theater? Um, well, my very first role was being a fairy narrator in Peter Pan, and I was three years old. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, it was my breakthrough role. Um, but no, I mean, after that, I just, I've done like theater camps my whole life. And then um, when I was in middle school, started actually doing plays, high school, did musical, straight theater, all that. I started doing competitive acting when I was in um, high school and really found my voice for like comedy improv. And um, there was, there's this one event that I was super good at. Um, well, two of them, one of them is totally weird. And it's such a, people aren't surprised when I tell them because I'm so animated, but I was a really good pantomimer. And I was like, I was dominating like first place in the pantomime realm. And then uh, another, another, um, event is where you're like kind of doing a mon not really a monologue like you're doing a scene that has multiple characters but you mm -hmm. as one person are doing all of them and you're just mm -hmm. you're facing the audience and taking on the characters and like it's like you're having a conversation with yourself but you're doing like a script as just one person to an audience and I, I always love doing that I like character work um and then once I got into college I real I like I got um you know I <laughs> was pretty mad <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you were really, really, you were going hard. You were really doing pre-med. Uh, yeah, I was trying. I, I tried. <laughs> all, wait, all four years you were pre-med? Oh, no, that didn't last that long. No, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot of tears. <laughs> no, but I, I was doing the pre-med classes. I loved like biology and like I, I loved my like ecology and my environmental classes that I actually, I, I stayed pre-med, but I switched to environmental engineering mm -hmm. in, in public health. And then I ended up liking that a lot better. I was also able to pitch that to the family being like, look, it's still health related. <laughs> so engineering. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> technically I have an engineering degree. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I joke now looking back at that, but you I mean, they're very supportive of, of everything now. I mean, they're, they like, you know, they're, they're pleased with where I've ended up, but I mean, yeah, it was, it was a little stressful in college, but I like needed that like theater itch scratched. And so I joined a, um, it was called Interactive Theater Carolina, and it was like an educational theater group, but the messages were all around social justice and wellness, mm -hmm. and I had never been, um, like, introduced to, like, the actual concept before. Like, growing up, I grew up in a very, like, a white-centric neighborhood. Like, my school was predominantly white. My neighborhood mm -hmm. was predominantly white, and I always, like, I, I kind of blended in, like, you know, I kind of internalized a lot of things and yeah, did they, they make fun of you at all? That seems like a good point for a break. Time for some ads. I always like to make sure that the products I buy or the clothes I wear have good practices behind them. 
When you buy from Serengeti, you support artisans, their families, and ancient fabric-making traditions. By giving 10% of their profits back to grassroots causes, they work to improve lives in their communities. There's a story behind every product they make, so when you wear Serengeti, you are truly wearing a piece of the world. You can get 20% off of every purchase with my code, JANIRAD20. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D-20. Check them out at Serengeti.com. Serengeti, wear the world. And now back to the show. They didn't make fun of you all for being- No, in, in fact, I actually felt more alienated within the Indian community than, than my white community, also because I was vegetarian and yeah. I, I naturally gravitated toward like the white hippies. <laughs> and so I was very welcomed in that group, but then it was like, wow. I was so different than the other um, Indian females that, you know, I did like the, the Diwali dances and yeah. hung out during, you know, big functions and cultural events. But other than that, I, 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 I wasn't able to find some of those close connections, but, um, I, you know, so then I, I joined this theater group and finally, like my eyes were open and I was like, oh, internalized racial, like inferiority is a thing. <laughs> like mm. that, that's what was happening to yes. me. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's funny because, um, uh, you see, well, I, I know at least my family, my, fa- my, my family's huge, the Indian side. And a lot of my cousins are married to white men, mm. you know, um, and a few of them are married to Indian men. Um, one is married to a Spanish guy and I'm the only one, only, only one out of like 40 cousins that's married to a black man. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's talk about internalized, like what, what is your take on skin lightening in India? Cause this is just like, I feel like now it's becoming more of a mainstream thing. Um, and it's becoming, people are more aware of it here in the, in the United States because yeah. it's such a big thing over there. It's like blatant, like, yeah, I ain't dating you unless you have light skin, you know, or you're upper, upper, upper class in the caste system or whatever. Um, but now with that matchmaker show that's coming out, I think mm, on Netflix mm-hmm. or it is out already, yeah. um, that it's, it, they're blatantly talking about this. That yeah. they're looking for light-skinned guys or light-skinned girls. What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 a multifaceted opinion. Like I I hate it. <laughs> I think that literally just I think that is the perfect example of what I was talking about. How like this idea of of colorism and white beauty is like an inter has perpetuated international waters and has it's a default. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's not by chance. I mean, it's British colonialism. (laughs) Like it was literally like you were, if you were white, you had power in India. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's so, um, it's so ingrained there. I mean, and in our culture, like, I don't even want to say just in India. I mean, when, uh, even now, like, you know, my, my family kind of perpetuates some of the stuff and I have to check them on it. I have to call them out on it. Like they'll say, you know, you look really tan. Like, did you, did you go to the, go outside? Did you wear sunscreen? I'm like, yeah, I protected myself from skin cancer, but my skin is still going to be a little darker from the sun. And then they'll um, say like, it doesn't look very nice. And I'm like, uh, that is yeah. a, that's not a good statement. You need to hear what you're saying. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, you know, there's commercials for fair and lovely and, and it's just, um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. And I, I will say I, I've only seen a couple episodes of the, of the matchmaker show and I, I want to watch the whole thing, but my, I was nervous about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I was nervous that it was just going to perpetuate like Indians believe these things and, you know, we're making it mainstream and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're just saying like, oh yeah, these things happen. And though at least the few clips I saw, I was like, this is interesting because it's, it's almost like she's the producer, the director of it is bringing it to light to make Mm -hmm. it aware that like, Hey, these practices that maybe people in our younger generation think are now, you know, really anachronistic or it's only happening in India. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. it's still happening now here. And we need to have conversations about it. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's almost bringing it to light to say, listen to it watch what happens and watch how ingrained it is so that we can check ourselves and 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 talk about it yeah Mm -hmm. um but again I need to I want to watch the whole thing to really see um you know how how much like are they actually having you know conversations about it or are they just kind of putting it out there and they're just wanting the world to kind of do their own analysis I don't I don't know but um yeah that's I kind of feel like all this I kind of feel like it's a tiger tiger king then you know the show Tiger it's kind of like that like I I I didn't watch Tiger King but I was like following the news and I was hearing all the stuff about the how the tigers were being treated I'm like what is going on why are these producers capturing this yeah and both it's I it's good and bad I thought it was horrible that they were encouraging this guy to behave the way he was and treating the animals the way they were um but but on the other hand, they were revealing what was going on, and then he yeah. was punished. <clears throat> they were they were punished for it. So there was good and bad. You know, good TV. They're trying to make good TV. They want you to be like mesmerized by what's happening. So the same thing with the Matchmaker show. It's good and bad. You know, they're they're using it so they can reveal what's happening in this culture. Yeah, that's really awful. Um, and at the same time, you know, <clears throat> they're, they're, um, they're using it to get, get, get the, get the likes and get the, yeah. you know, viewers and all that stuff. So yeah, it's like controversy sells. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's why I watched the bachelor. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> I watch it. At least I watch it analytically is what I tell myself, but not, I mean, I, yeah. I watch it because of the drama. <laughs> I love the bachelor. I actually haven't seen the last two seasons, but I was watching it. <laughs> So speaking of all this, there's actually, I mean, and The Bachelor, oh man, we've turned into a basic podcast, but <laughs> no, uh, we're going to do it. No, we're going to, we're going to talk about the importance to stuff. have fun pop content. It is yeah. good. Yeah. It's relatable. It it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a petition going around um, that is like a 10 part petition for ABC. This was the first petition I saw that was very um, multifaceted and kind of the asks that they were that they were wanting. So I've actually been spreading it around on, on social media. And I usually kind of don't, don't really care. Like I call out a lot of crap, but then I'm just like, yeah, send you know, me the link. Send me the link. So yeah, I'll, s- I'll send it to you because I, I was really pleased with how much that they are and, they, and they're tracking it kind of like some of this, um, other kind of uh, either defund the police or reform the police. There's like all these checkbox, like the eight mm-hmm. and different different kind of things like that. They're tracking it to say, okay, you've done this, you've done this, you've not done this. We're going to keep bothering you until you do it. So yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> well, that's really good. You know, and yeah. it's 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 the hundred percent the truth. Like you know, in production, you see a lot of white crews. You don't see a mix, and a lot of the big um, you know uh, actors who are people of color, they they are 
you know, making it known that they want to see people behind the camera that look like them. Yeah. Not just in hair and makeup. They want to see even hair and makeup took a while because for a long time, you know, a lot of black women had to do their hair before they came and set. They didn't have people Mm -hmm. to do their hair for them on set. You know what I mean? So um, they're now using their voices to make sure that more people behind the camera look like them, which is great. Yeah, I love that. All over. You see it all over and it's sad. It's re- yeah, really, really sad. Yeah, I mean, clearly, it's not just a Bachelor Land. It is the entire like movie, te- television, film yeah. industry. That's one of the reasons why doing theater was hard for me. Actually, like mm-hmm. you know, I I had to. I I think that's how I kind of find found my niche of doing character like character work that was very like you know eccentric and and things like that because there weren't other storylines for me. <laughs> like there weren't yeah. things that I resonated with or you know. I, back when I was in high school, I wouldn't get cast for a lead because I was brown. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, at that time when I was young, again, that was one of those examples where it felt weird, but I was like, oh, but you know, I guess that just happens. That's true. Like this character isn't white. And I didn't really think yeah. about it until I went to governor's school for the arts. And like, like, I just, I have so much respect for, for my old director he cast me as the lead in a Shakespeare play. And I literally went to him and I was like, but, but you cast the person that plays my brother is white and I'm not, I'm not white. Is that going to be weird? And he was like, I'm so sorry that you feel that way because that shows me that, that the people that have been training you in theater have not been doing you justice. Mm. Like the whole point of theater is that it's a suspension of reality. And if you can't suspend yourself enough to say, Hey, these two people are brother and sister and you can't look past the color of their skin um, Mm -hmm. so that we can give this person a chance on stage. Like, you know, well, look at Hamilton. Hamilton right (laughs) right that's a perfect example of it perfect example you know like all these characters are white you know most of them are white and now the whole cast is mostly brown and black I think these things are really important that we start doing this more pop culture is media and they're setting sort of like the tone for society I know it's like a big order but it's they're setting the tone you know um and I think it's important for us to really um, create stories that reflect what who the people really are versus what they we think it's gonna make money or get views on TV. You know, I'm seeing a lot more people are are learning what media literacy is and what that mm-hmm. actually means if you're looking at like anti-racist media literacy and mm-hmm. and really calling things out. Media reflects and reinforces what society wants. And I think it goes vice versa. Then I think society then reflects and reinforces, you know, what we see in the media. And yeah. until both of those things decide to just call some stuff out and and change some stuff, then it's just gonna be an endless cycle of crap. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you been to any protests? I mean, in, in person? No, not here in Memphis. Um, when the protests were happening here, I was still working in the hospital and I was trying to be as socially distant as possible. Um, yeah. By the time I was working then from home, the in-person kind of protests kind of stopped here in Memphis. But I, I at least was able to donate to some of like the, the bail funds here in Memphis. Oh, and sweet. Yeah, oh, so I was like, I, I wasn't able to be there, but at least I can I can help the activists in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we went out to, um, so COVID, of course, was a huge thing with us with the kids. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to go to the protests. So we went, we took the kids and we're there for an hour. We mm. were socially distanced, but they yeah. got to protest, raise their fists up. 
um, my daughter made a big sign and the kids took turns holding a sign um, and they felt like they were able to get it out. You know, Brianna Taylor's murderers are walking around like, I'm fine. My boy's got my back. You know yeah. what I mean? And I th- that's why all these, um, ch- ch- take take a look at what your state's uh, laws are for your police force, because they are not standard across the country. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. state can kind of do its own thing. Chances are, I, I believe no matter where you are on the political spectrum, you're going to find something where you're like, that that is not right. Mm-hmm. And do your research and then send mail to your local politicians, <laughs> sign yes. petitions and fight yes. for change. <laughs> And you, the, a really good movie by Ava DuVernay, um, The 13th. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, so that is so good. It was so good. And I was just like, oh, my God. This is like, she, she was so precise with the storyline and how everything is connected from slavery to now, how police and incarceration, everything is connected. You know, they're, yeah. the, the jail system is a for-profit system. And they have to put bodies in there. So it's easier just to arrest the black bodies and put them in there. And they have to keep them full because there's a deal between the system the, the system and the jails, the companies that own the jails. Um, yeah. And, and this, all- this movie's on Netflix. So. Yes. And, and it, on YouTube. I yep. Think and YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, and everyone it, should go watch it. Slavery is still happening. It's just been repackaged over time to where we have it literally sitting in front of our eyes. And we're not calling it one of this. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Yeah. Mm. Well, on that mm. note. <laughs> <laughs> We've jumped around so much in this podcast. That's, that's how I want these to be. This is perfect. Good, good content. <laughs> good content. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And of course, rate, review, and share with a friend. Don't forget to check out serengeti.com and get 20% off of every purchase using code JANNYRAD20 at checkout. If you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, jannyrad.com. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D.com. Head on over to jannyrad.com slash podcast and click on support the show. And find me on Instagram at jrpwservices. Love the podcast music? That's BK Williams. You can follow him on Instagram, Brian K underscore Williams 28. Thanks for listening.